0: Roses. hi this is madonna radio what.com
1: what's up party people it's keys dan with RadioWhat.com, djlittlerock.com coming to you live in a living color from the radio what studios and this is my podcast what makes you famous it's an extension of the radio internet radio station that i've been running for quite some time and if you need dj services where do i always send you djlittlerock.com one more time djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you can have me at your next event you know i specialize in the weddings and the parties and the birthdays and the karaoke and the video dance parties anytime you need some entertainment you can you can see if i'm available i will be honored to entertain you, I appreciate it so much. Oh my goodness! Today on the program, I got Fran Klein, and and you know there might be a little a little Dale Kreitz in there. There might be because you know uh, Fran Klein and Dale Kreitz they're they're almost inseparable these days. But uh, you know the last time we talked to Fran Klein, uh, it was, she was with Dale Kreitz, and Dale Kreitz mostly told his story, and Fran Klein was there to support him, and then. Uh, Today, it's more about Fran Klein, and maybe Dale Kreitz will be there to support her. See? See how that works out? I like to make sure everybody gets a chance to tell tell their part, so stick around for that. This week's shows, ooh, I'll be at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, Friday night. That's my usual Friday night gig, video dance party, karaoke jam, it's the place to be. They got a full bar, the kitchen's open, pool tables. you know, uh, they got a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try your hand playing pool, you might get to make some money. yeah, you can ch- you, you can get a chance to win playing pool while you're waiting to sing a song next to me. Yeah, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. And we've got a little dancing in there, too. The dance floor is open, so if you'd like to dance with your honey, I encourage you to do so. Or if you just want to dance by yourself, I'll play your favorite song. You just tell me, what's your favorite song? Now I get a lot of people that'll come up to the DJ booth and they'll say, hey, uh, can you play some dance music? And I'll say, what's your favorite song? Because dance music is subjective. <laughs> you know, dance music can be anything. <laughs> Some people dance to whatever. (laughs) So uh, I ask them, what's your favorite song? And then they'll go, huh, I got to think about that. But I will be happy to play your favorite song. And if uh, somebody out there, then I will play their favorite song. How about that? (laughs) I'm there to please. I'm here to serve. And that's what I do. That's what the DJ does. Uh, You know, I might even play some Madonna. Why did I say Madonna? Well, maybe you'll find out in the next few minutes as i talk to fran klein and uh i guess Dale kreitz is in there too but it's mostly fran klein now i got her on skype so if you're listening to the audio version i encourage you to check out the video version on my youtube page youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys all right let's skype fran klein now You win you are smarter than the machine I knew you could do it <laughs> wow. well this time it's Frank Klein and Dale Kreitz on the <laughs> what makes you famous podcast they're still flipping and flipping so if you're listening to the audio version you won't notice that the video version they're all flippy and flippity floppity and flip flop flip flu oh my god just put can that phone see, down how can we get back to you put that phone down put it down okay. now, I, now I'm looking at something else <laughs> Um, i'm not editing anything i think i camera. saw your clock <laughs> the camera got flipped i'm looking at your i'm looking at your computer
0: <laughs> oh, no. That's really what
1: what do you got there on your computer uh let's see it's a nice screen saver it's beautiful yeah. looks like it co- comes with the uh, computer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would you flip that thing the other way so <laughs> i can see it. your faces My God, bring your phone. There okay. We go. okay you got it all right all right, like I said, this is Fran Klein and Dale Kreitz this time. Now, last time on the What Makes You Famous podcast, we had Dale Kreitz, but then we had Fran Klein was had come in and and did a little uh, like support for Dale Kreitz, and, and we told mostly Dale Kreitz story. But this one, I think, I wanted to be more about Fran Klein and your story. So, Fran Klein. Once you get that camera in a good position To where we're not looking straight up your nose That's great (laughs) And looking at your beautiful face uh, Maybe you can give the people An idea of who Frank Klein Is
2: Well who Frank Klein is I am A 61 year old Just turned 62 in October
1: Happy birthday
2: Thank you Um I was born on a tobacco farm. Where? In Roxburgh, North Carolina.
1: North Carolina. Born and raised and spent most of your life in North Carolina? Tell me about that.
2: All my life in North Carolina. My first 10 years was in Roxburgh, North Carolina.
1: Now, what kind of town is Roxboro? Small, big?
2: It was small when I left, but it's grew.
1: Okay. (laughs) Like how many people? Uh, Like like on Hee Haw, they used to say population 502. Salute. Now, was it that kind of a town?
2: Yes, it was.
1: Okay, so <laughs> it's a, it, it could have been on hee haw, but you, you it said could have been. you said you were on a farm. What kind of farming did you do?
2: We were tobacco farmers. We raised the fruit and vegetable garden for the the man that we um, lived in the house. He let us live in the house free. Okay, for us working on the farm and. Mama and Daddy, they were the main ones that done the work, but we got to chime in and made it look like we was working and had fun.
1: Okay, but did you at least make your allowance doing that kind of work?
2: My first paycheck was when I was five years old. Oh, my. I was handing tobacco leaves.
1: Okay, so you were actually doing some work at five years old. I think the child labor laws might have changed a little bit in this country. Maybe other countries around the world. You could probably still get away with working at five years old, you know, making shoes of some kind or maybe uh, some kind of textile work. But that's something that, that I've only heard. I've not witnessed it with my eyeballs. But a five-year-old Frank Klein is working in the tobacco fields. Now, tell me, in the tobacco fields, do you know, uh, you know, are there other uses for tobacco besides smoking it up? And was everybody smoking around you?
2: Everybody was smoking. Okay. Everybody was smoking. I never picked it up. Thank goodness.
1: <laughs> that, that would mean that you rebelled against your, your parents and maybe your, your family. Uh, you, you know, cause my, my mother and she's, she's already said this on the podcast. She used to smoke marijuana. And the first time she offered me a hit, I think I was 18 or 19, something like that. She offered me a hit, and I said no. So I guess I rebelled against her. And in that fashion, you rebelled against your family by not smoking.
2: Uh, no, it's because I ca- my mother caught my brother smoking. He had stole a pack of cigarettes out of her bedroom. And he was out behind the barn smoking in the old-timey outhouse. When she come out of the outhouse and caught him coughing and going on, she made him eat the rest of the pack of the cigarettes.
1: No, no. Eat. Not smoke. Eat.
2: Eat. Ooh. He made- eat the rest of the cigarettes
1: did he get a little salt and pepper at least a little ketchup a little uh you know uh, maybe something to
2: No, but he turned green and puked his guts out
1: <laughs> i believe that to be true i think uh and he had to go to school when i was a kid in davie the, I, we had um, chewing tobacco and i know in the locker eighth grade or sixth grade yeah we kids you know boys especially uh you get some chewing tobacco and you, they passed it around oh try some of this worm dirt put this in your lip and man, I put that in my lip, and I puked. I definitely did too. So you never, you never took up smoking at all.
2: I never took up smoking after I seen what my brother went
1: through. Okay. <laughs> no. So even though I'm guessing your mom probably did smoke.
2: Yes. And uh, she but she was against,
1: uh, She was against it for the youngins to be smoking. Yes. I yes. get
0: it. I
1: get it. You know, you get it's it's kind of a double standard. You know, do as I say, not as I do but you know you got to bring people up right and and give them a chance to grow before they uh take up those nasty habits you know i guess uh, what what is the the worst habit that that you do cuz i mine i is definitely eating i eat too much but tell me about your habits if if smoking wasn't the one that that got you my
2: worst habit is re-
1: Peanut butter cups. <laughs> Funny <laughs> enough, I had one of those last night. Uh, my daughter said, uh, hey, this is the last Reese's peanut butter cup. Do you want it? And I said, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and then I had it. <laughs> but yeah. uh, do you Reese's savor peanut- it? Do you savor it or do you eat it a nibble at a time? Um, do you nibble it? I savor it. You do. You do. do this you one.
2: savor that peanut butter
1: t- that chocolate. I got you. This portion of the podcast sponsored by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Well, all right. That's, I mean, hey, you didn't take up smoking. That's great. Uh, growing up in, in a small town in North Carolina, uh, what was school like? Uh, what was little Fran Klein getting into way back then? Well, uh, with
2: me being born in October, I couldn't start my first grade year of school when I was six. I had to wait until I was seven Mm -hmm. to start the first grade. And with that, I had to wear an eye patch on my right eye because I was born with a lazy eye.
0: And
2: the kids poked fun at me at school and called me the one-eyed bandit, one-eyed monster. Anything you could think of, they called me. I just laughed them off.
1: Kids will do that. They'll find that one thing that, that that might be different on you. Me, I had a fat butt, and it was fat butt. Hey, what's up, fat butt? So I had a fat butt. And then uh, I think my last name, I was uh, using my stepdad's name at the time. It was Hughes, but on the back of my shirt, it looked like H-U-G-H-E-S, and it went, Huggies. Hey, what's up, Huggies? Huggies. <laughs> I don't think that was the worst bad you know, name, but it looked like Huggies. Just because they can't read, I get a, I get a name. But uh, lazy eye, okay, I, I get it. Uh, so, did the patch help? It looks like you your eyes seem to be pretty close to straight to me.
2: I got glasses. Okay, and everything. Um, I do still have what's called the lazy eye in the left eye.
1: Hmm. How does and, that affect you?
2: Well, considerably. That consider me completely blind.
1: How about that? That's what a lazy eye can do cuz I know that there's uh, you know different people I think Melissa Joan Hart uh, famously has a lazy eye and I don't know how it affects her but she's a pretty girl you're a pretty girl <laughs> it seems to seems to have worked out okay God bless me <laughs> but hey, uh, it's
2: always I tell everybody I'm just in the image of him I can't do nothing without God's doing
1: but the the glasses have helped. Uh, the, yes, do, do they help they you didn't. to see? They're uh,
2: from in- reading okay. long distance. I can do real good, but close distance, I gotta have them
1: on. Okay. Now, how so. did? All right. So, man, you got picked on in school. Uh, yes. Does that affect your schoolwork at all? My brother, he was uh, legally blind, and they told him, "Hey, would you co- if anybody needs to come up close to the board, <laughs> let me know." He went right to the board because he couldn't see yeah. it. He had Coke bottle glasses when he was a kid. Ooh. Oh, yeah.
2: My, my Uncle John had them.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah. how did it affect you in your schoolwork? Were you good in school?
2: Yes, I was. Okay. I loved math <gasps> in school. Well, um,
1: but don't you know girls can't do math? They got small brains. You can't do math. Isn't that what I was always told growing up? That's what I was told, but my mama says you can do anything you put your heart to. So math. So, that's fantastic.
2: The best, way to, the best way to learn anything is your math. Yes. Said, Hi, Mama. She said simply because that's going to help you keep up with your money.
1: Yeah, math helps so- you in all aspects of life, and math is is uh, what people believe is the, the universal language. If aliens did come down, we could talk to them using the mathematical equations, probably translating into music. I, I know when I saw E.T., there had to be some kind of truth to that We're well, playing oh, music and tape. math. Yeah. Oh, not E.T., but uh, Close Encounters when they were doing yep. that. Beep, 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 boom, boom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm 52 years old. You're you're a little bit older than me, but uh, I know that we had to have, have grown up watching and, and and consuming the similar pop culture. Uh, tell me about the pop culture that you grew up with. I'm guessing you were born somewhere around 64, five, 61, maybe. I was born 59. 59. Okay, math hard. Yeah. See, uh, my I math was is not bad. Not
2: 59.
1: October tonight, 1959. So, growing up as a young person in the 60s, and maybe even uh you know like growing a little bit more, and, and maybe getting formative years in the 70s. How did Fran Klein cope with all that? Well, how how was uh, how were you affected by things around you uh, in North Carolina?
2: Well, uh, we moved from Roxbury in '69 up to Denton, North Carolina. Bigger in '69. And we lived on old 109 going out of Denton. And my daddy worked at a sawmill, and it was too far for him to walk back and forth to work for the sawmill. So the man at the sawmill had us move in a two room shanty on the sawmill. And you would have to walk out of the front door of the bedroom living room, which was together, and then walk around. Shut that door and walk around and open the door to go into the kitchen.
1: I got you. So I got you. That was.
2: That was. Seven of us living in a two room shed.
1: That is interesting living right there because I, I I know I visited um, Tupelo, Mississippi, where uh, where Elvis was born, and I, I saw his two room. Uh, shotgun shack, which means you could shoot from the front door, and it was kind of small uh, to have a few people, but for seven people to live in two rooms—wait, uh, yeah. what? What happened to the tobacco? You did? Did um, uh, you just gave that up, or dad? That,
2: what daddy done? He gave the tobacco because his brother talked him into moving up to Denton, North Carolina.
1: Okay, but there was a better situation there. He he got uh, the job. Yes, he did. Okay, and then they give you this little
2: at the sawmill with his brother and everything, and we just grew up being nonchalantly sawmill girls.
1: Well, I mean, sounds like your dad's a hard working man. Being in the tobacco uh-huh. and being in the sawmill, does he still have all his fingers? He did when he
2: passed away, yes.
1: Okay. That's good. Hey, that's a bonus when uh yeah. people work with uh big tools and and construction. If you die with all your fingers and toes and I think you did okay, because uh, that's some dangerous work for sure. <laughs> so uh all right. So work he's a hard working man. That that's something you can glean from him. Uh, what yeah. was what was your mama doing all this time? Did She work outside the house, or she? She
2: worked outside in the fields with daddy. She worked on the sawmill with daddy. Wow. She they had us off playing in the wood, backing the off, burn Yep, I've I've learned it all.
1: Well, I mean, you have seven kids, so that that means you're you have built in playmates that you get along yes. well with your brothers and sisters. How many brothers? How many sisters?
2: I had one brother, and I had two sisters.
1: Okay, and then who, who, where where did you fall in the in the in the uh, in the line there?
2: I'm the baby.
1: Baby, was that advantageous, or was that did you get all the presents, or or did they just forget about you because uh, they did all the raising of the other kids, and usually they they'll forget about that baby.
2: I got one new gift at Christmas, and mostly hand me downs from my sisters, but that's cool. That's okay.
1: So your sisters okay. had style. Yeah. What kind of style did they have? Were they uh, into the into the beehive hairdos and the and the uh, bell bottom pants and bell bottoms? Short mini skirts were they allowed?
2: Yes, we went into the mini skirt stage. Yes, we
1: did. I remember the early seventies was a lot of. It's all about eyeshadow. The blue eyeshadow, lots and lots yes. of it. So did you learn how to how to get your makeup on right? when you were a kid
2: i sure did but i've chose not to worry any here lately
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, when
1: you got a natural beauty you don't have to i woke up like this okay i woke up like this
2: that's what i say i look i wake up and i look at this and i say well god made me i'm beautiful
1: that is that's fantastic <laughs> know who you are be happy with who you are so yes. uh frank Klein, you're in school you're learning math that's your uh, the studies that you excel in you get out of uh, high school uh, where, where do you go from there it, i Denton. didn't
2: get to finish high school okay my daddy on my 15th birthday my brother's car fell on him and broke his neck and broke his back in three places and paralyzed him your dad yes wow so I quit school to take care of my dad and my mom because my dad was a very bad alcoholic. And he had thrown a pot of hot coffee in my mom's eyes and blinded her. And she was blind. So I had to quit school and take care of them.
1: And this is all around the same time?
2: In my fifteenth birthday.
1: That is a tough year. And yes, so it was. the the blinding of your mom was before your dad got paralyzed? Yes. How do you feel about that? Is there some kind of karma in there? What do you feel that happened there?
2: My daddy was a very, very bad alcoholic. When he got on white liquor, it wasn't nothing. He he tried to burn the house down with us in it. And this is in my first 10 years of living. He tried to burn the house with us in it. He threw kerosene on my mama and set her on fire. He, he he was mean when he was drunk with alcohol and liquor, and after that, when we moved to Denton, there was a state trooper that lived beside of us, and I didn't know it, and he, my daddy was drunk, and he kicked at me and everything, and he missed me because I climbed up a tree, <laughs> and the state trooper had daddy arrested yeah. for being abusive, and... That ended our pretty well relationship.
1: They took the dad, took prison. Daddy away, uh, paralyzed they, and all, just gone.
2: No, they took him to prison, and he stayed in prison for a year. And after he come out of prison in seventy two, he didn't get paralyzed until 1974
1: I got you oh, okay so I'm, I'm getting a little off on the timeline when did your mom yeah, get when did your mom get blinded 1969 oh so way before
2: yeah my, and he blinded her in 1969 my goodness and I remember running up the road to the next door neighbor's house to get help and he was running after me trying to get off of me and lady stopped in the road with her name was miss cool mm-hmm. and asked what was going on and i says daddy's drunk and he's my mama and she turned her car sideways to keep him from getting to me And all and i kept running to the next door neighbors and they called the law and they had the law come out there and they arrested daddy then but they let him out
1: well, this sounds like a lot of pain and heartache that you had as a young lass. This is even before you yeah. were 15. The, the, yeah. You know, you were 11 or so, uh, 10 yeah. or 11 years old. when
2: he found Ma- mama. But before that, he was, he was very abusive. So, he beat on my mama and my sisters and brothers all the time. I'm the only one he never
1: Wow. And that's, that, that, oh. that I think I've heard before is the youngest one usually gets saved by the, the older siblings you know they'll take the brunt of it oh we don't want a uh, friend to get hurt Let, yeah. let's go ahead and take a uh, take the brunt of it and, and do you commend your brothers and sisters for that
2: i love my brothers and sisters for taking up for me yes i do
1: i believe that i
2: have sister she's the oldest she's 70 something yeah she's still living okay but my full-blooded brother he died in 2001 he aspirated, and they found him brain dead. And I had to pull life support on him. My full-blooded sister—I just lost her last year mm. in June of 2020.
1: I, I find and- that that's the drag of getting old—is you, you find that you know your friends, you know that you went to high school with your your family—they start falling, they start falling off, and and that's something that we have to deal with as humans for sure. But uh, you know, up till had your brothers and sisters you got along with them uh, at least you had them if your dad yes. really wasn't the best of people did he ever get off the sauce at all not until he got paralyzed and then that was it you he couldn't he, he couldn't reach he, it he, so you didn't he lived
2: 13 years paralyzed
1: yeah yeah and did he get any better uh, you know as a paralyzed man did he, did he find uh, uh, some people find faith uh, you know yes and, yes yeah
2: he found god and repent? He died. and he repented every day on his bed. He repented. And I got a song that he wrote. I'd have to get it out of my safe. Wow. He wrote it to my mom and everything. I got it put in my safe at home. And it's the true meaning of the amazing grace. Once I was blind, now I can see. My mama was the true version of that song. Yeah. So she had nine major eye surgeries, 69, 70, and seventy-one, and she got her eyesight back.
1: Would you? What? That is fantastic. I thought she was. Wow. She
2: was. She was completely blind because he baked cataracts to her eyes. Yes. So hot pot of coffee in it in nineteen sixty-nine, and with that, she we did the surgery at Baptist Hospital here in. Salem. They done the surgery in 69, 70 and 71. She had to go through three major eye surgeries and she finally had eyesight with glasses. Wow. And, she could and read her Bible.
1: Well, here I thought she was going to be blind and the story took an interesting twist. Fran Klein, you, you gave yeah. me a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a light at the end of the tunnel, a little happy ending to that very, very sad story. Now, yeah. Did your mom have a relationship with your father uh, a- after all that? My
2: mom was a one-on-one woman for the man. She, when my dad got paralyzed, he was so beyond his self. He divorced my mom so she wouldn't have to pay no hospital bills. Oh, yeah. But my mom stayed true to
1: my dad. That's an interesting way to do it. I, I, I hear I hear about uh, people in old folks' homes that shack up together uh, to avoid, you know, taxes of some kind, yeah, and, and medical bills. But that was something, man. After all that, after what she put, uh, what he put her through uh, to do that for her, and then they stuck together. I could see that till death do us part. Some people to really, death. really feel feel that, and. Man, that's something that that you have with your mom and dad. That's a that's a, a trait that you can take with you. That you stick to your friends and your family. Stick to it. I'm, yeah,
2: I'm, I'm there through sick and thin to the end.
1: Well, good. So, all seven. Right. We're in 1974. Here you are, uh, roller skating, disco loving, uh, maybe yes. maybe rock and roll. I don't I don't know what what are you into. That's in '74 in your 20s. What what do you do when you're getting out of you know, I not knew, having,
2: before I was 15, oh, okay, I would okay. still roller skate.
1: <laughs> yeah. With the four wheels. I. I
2: yeah. I,
1: yeah. I used to skate. And too. I still
2: love roller skating.
1: Oh my goodness. If I could still do it, I, I would. The, the four wheels and I got some inline skates and I was pretty good at that in my 20s. But, uh, you know, so at 15, 16, you're out of school, you're, you're working to take care of your mom and dad. Are you working outside of the house as well? Yes, I did. Okay, what you do?
2: I was working at Burlington Industries in the cotton mill, running spinning
1: frames. Why does it sound like you have such hard, hard work in your family? So do they treat you right at least? Do they give you a good paycheck for all that hard work. Yes, I did. Okay. I had good. I had good paydays. All right, all right. I know that yeah. people get that you know hard work working in the oil industry and and you know dirty hard work and but at least you get a good paycheck. You know you got to weigh it out.
2: Well, I was the one that went beyond the thing and got production.
1: What is production?
2: Production means the more you get out, the more you get paid.
1: Okay, piecework. work. I get it. Uh,
2: I, I was the one really, I could go to work at 6 o'clock in the morning, and by 12 o'clock, I'd have $150, mate.
1: Yeah, baby. That's pretty good money in the <laughs> 70s for sure. You make yeah. 150 bucks a day for sure. That's But that's long, long work. Wait, you said from 7 a.m. till 12 midnight? No. Oh, 12 noon. 6 o'clock in the morning. 6 till? 12 o'clock in the day Oh, noon, okay, all right So you yeah, still had time to get out and, and take care of your family
2: Get get time to take care of my family Take care of all the other stuff Go grocery shopping I had a good time
1: Well, okay, all right So little, little Fran Klein, 15 years old Taking care of her family I mean, when when are you able to break out on your own And, and become the Fran Klein you want to be?
2: Uh, really the Fran Klein I want to be? I just now broke out
1: Ah. What have you been doing all these years from, from 74, 75, 76? Uh, did you continue your education at all? Did you do you read a lot of books? I did go back, and I got my GED. Very good. I did.
2: I also got grandfather clause in because I was um, back in the 70s. They called it nursing assistants aids in the nursing home because i put my dad in the nursing home to take care of him and i went to work at the nursing home to take care of him and he lived to 1985 okay and march the 22nd 1985 is when he passed
1: wow these are dates <laughs> yeah. that, that you remember these are turning points
2: yes so i got through taking care of him mm-hmm.
1: you still got mama
2: i still got mama and my mother's last Mother's Day on this earth was at my house on May the 11th, 2001.
1: That sounds like she lived a long time. She
2: did. And when she passed a little bit time left the next year, she passed in February the next year. And with her, I didn't know she had bones cancer until the day she died.
1: What Did she not know or did she not tell you?
2: She knowed and did not live 10 years without taking a treatment whatsoever with bone cancer that eat her left hip out. Um,
1: there is people that will do that, that will not tell you that they're feeling bad. And sometimes, oh, I mean, do you think she did it because she made peace with her life and she knew that she was... Hey, your, your dad was gone. She knew that she had raised her kids. What, what do you think made her not want to tell you?
2: God made peace with her and she made peace with God. And she did not want to tell us because she was think that I would be giving up my life again to still take care of her like I had already done. when I. Right. And she didn't want to take that away from me.
1: That's a mama that's taking care of her, her kids right there till the end, no matter yes. what pain she's got, she will take all that pain to make you have a better life. So what life she, did you get when, when, all right, you're, you had to have at some point broken out and at least done something that you liked. What was it that you were getting into in your twenties and thirties? I was married. Okay. <laughs> I
2: got how, married.
1: How was marriage?
2: Um, uh, let me tell you how the, that come about okay. My brother Raped me when I was 12 Friend. He was drunk on drugs LSD Heroin, preludes Pot Alcohol, liquor He raped me when I was 12 Friend. So when I turned 15 My mom signed for me to get married To my first husband
1: and who was your first husband? Did you even know him?
2: Hey, he, he was a young boy that, well, he was older than I, he was 19 or 18. He was 18. He, um, my best friend's cousin that I was going to school with, I told her what my brother had done and she told me I needed to get out of the situation. Well, she went and talked to her cousin about it because she knew he was crazy over me. He went to my mom and asked my mom, could he marry me? And I was staying with my half-sister, no, my whole sister and my brother-in-law, because mama just had the eye surgery.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And with them having surgery, I was having to stay with them to stay in school. And with this happening, they took and um, mama Mama. My first husband's name was Tony, mm-hmm. and he'd always whistle at me when he'd go by the house, and I'd tell him, i said, just go on, look somewhere else, I just keep on telling you that. And then he took, and finally, him and his mama both come to the house, and they made arrangements with my mom to take and us get married because my mom found out that my brother-in-law was going to send me sent off in school because I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do for taking care of his kids. He wasn't giving me a lot. And when we done that, I said, sure. And we went on Friday. We went down to York, South Carolina, got the marriage license. We had to wait 24 hours and go back. And Tony's mama drove us, mama and us, she drove us down there. And on Saturday, we come back. Him and his mama go home. Me and mama go home. And sure enough, my brother-in-law had already had a court date. We had to be in court on Monday because they was going to send me off to training school. And
1: what training school.
2: Jackson training school.
1: What what is that?
2: It's uncontrollable. It can't control the. Uh, it's just like a military school.
1: Now, I Prison hear. Like. I heard right. tell back in the 40s and 50s men would do this to their wives. Oh, they're anxious. Uh, send them off. And, yeah. and I guess they did them to their kids too. This is all the way they into get, the 70s doing that? Yes. Yes. Incredible. Incredible. And Continue.
2: With, we, Like I said, they went home and me and mom went home. We went, brother in law got up and told us we had to be somewhere in Lexington on Monday. So. We got up. We, what are we doing at the courthouse? Yeah, he was trying to get me sent off, and the judge was fixing to send me off. And the judge asked me, said, uh, "Is there anything else you want to say?" I said, "Yes, sir. There's one more thing." I said, "I'm married," and that's the only thing that saved me from going to Jackson Training School. Wow, we and that husband, we. We grew to love
1: each other. Okay. He loved
2: me and I grew to love him because he saved me from going off to training
1: school. So, Well, if there's anything that came out of that marriage, and I have to say marriage in quotation marks, because a 15-year-old yeah. does not have the knowledge and to be able to get married. But it was yeah, the only Mama. way that your mom, once again, your mom protecting you. It was the only way yes. that she could see to get, her, get you out of that situation. So that's, yes. this is mama's love. It, the only way she knew how okay so how long did you stay married on that I mean did you have any kids no
2: we didn't have no kids um he he got on it was a he turned into an alcoholic later and 80 89 mm-hmm. 1989 I come home and I was, he had been in a real bad motorcycle wreck. I amputated his leg, and I wouldn't let him do it. Mm. And with that, because his mom was Jehovah's Witness, I had to go by their rules, not give him blood. And with that, I took and I prayed, and I asked God to give me guidance on this. And I come home one day for lunch to check on him after he had got out of the hospital, and Home to change the bandage on his leg. One of his friends was sitting there and they were snorting cocaine up the nose.
1: Oh, that's not a good Jehovah's Witness right there.
2: <laughs> when I seen that, I said, I'm done. Yeah, I can't have it no more. So I took and left. I went up to the house, make sure anybody was at the house. Nobody was at his mom's house. I went home and I got him and I says, let's go up to your mama's for a little while. Said, All right. So I pick him up and carry him, take him up there. And then I go back home. I packed all of his clothes, took him back up to his mama's porch, put him on the porch. He said, what are you doing? I said, when you go get help to get off that cocaine and get off that alcohol, you can come home. Until then, don't. I says, I'm trying to help you and save your life, trying to save your leg to keep you from having it amputated. And I said, you're fighting against me. I said, so since you're going to be rebellious against me on trying to save your leg, you stay here and shout. months. about a week later, he come to the house, drunk on her scooter, begging me to take him back, and I wouldn't. He went back to his mama's house. And he blowed his brains out in the backyard. Ooh. So
1: Once again, uh, another story with an interesting twist. Oh, Girl! Very
2: big twist.
1: <laughs> I did not expect that. <laughs> I
2: had a chance to live my life, to live my dreams the way I wanted to. I've been married. I've done everything for everybody else that I've not done for me. Now, since Dale and I have met, yeah.
1: this
2: coming March... Yep. It will be six years that I've inspected that beautiful Corvette with Madonna tags on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, she shared a picture of yep. Madonna. Did.
2: We're going to take and we're going to enjoy. My so husband is- I'm married to
0: now is jealous. Okay. But hey. It's Madonna, bitch.
1: <laughs> well, yep. Okay, so this is the last six years, but all right, from 89, and you had. I don't know if it was a good run. It was what 13, 14 years that you were married to this, uh, this fella. And was it a gradual? Did he start drinking right away? Was it you know halfway through? Ten years in, seven year itch.
2: And he, he drinking to start with, but not like he got
1: to drinking. Yeah.
2: He he got to where he was drinking two cases a day,
1: and then the cocaine.
2: And then the cocaine and then- come in. When that cocaine, I
1: said, I'm done.
2: And then okay, ultimately
1: the he couldn't get off it and he just took no. his own life. Man, that's a hard life. that's a tough way to end, man. How did how did you feel about that? Did you did you I guess you went to the funeral and were you still uh, his
2: father threatened to kill me if I come to the funeral. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. His father didn't like me at all.
1: All right. So that's all far behind from eighty nine. Uh, from eighty nine, what what happened then?
2: I went to work At a trailer trust building company Mm -hmm. in Salisbury, production work again.
1: Yeah, hard work.
2: I was, uh, I'd go in at six and leave at 12. I'd have $200 made.
1: Yeah, you did. Production. Not quite as good in 90, you know, not quite as good in the 90s, but still, hey, it's good to have a couple hundred bucks a day. Uh, You can live on that.
2: Yeah, I could. And... By then, I. Oh. While I was at work one day, a load of work run over my foot in 1993. It crushed everything on April the 3rd, 1993. Borderline. And when it crushed my foot, my right foot, it caused RSD to set up in it, reflex sympathetic dystrophy. They know what causes it, but it's no cure for it
1: and you're walking is you're you're done walking you can't stand so long
2: hey they told they wanted to amputate my leg and i wouldn't let them
1: what is this with the amputating legs thing it's it's a through line in your life Uh, you know they they did they wanted to amputate my legs and they didn't i wouldn't let them okay but how's your walking how are you able to are you are you dancing or you know i'm dancing I know. I see. I see your yeah. videos from from time to time. Uh, you're able uh, to get up on your, but but that that kind of it uh, stopped your work in life.
2: Uh, yeah, it, it, to that point of, of work, yes. I, okay, and then went into the CNA work. But while um,
1: what's CNA work for the people?
2: Ninety three. What what's hold the, on, sir. Yeah. Hold on, sir. When I got hurt in ninety three yeah. and that crushed a foot, I went in the hospital. And they put an port in to help with the pain. Okay? That infusor port got infected.
1: Is that subclavicle? Is that like a, like a port like they put for chemo and stuff?
2: Yes, It's a port like that, but it's got an IV of medicine going in it 24 hours a day.
1: And it got infected.
2: And it got infected. I was at home. Okay. They still wanted me to come to work. The home health nurse was trying to get me back in there doing office work. And with that, we took, I called my nurse when I got up that morning. And I says, my fever's 101. She says, go on to the plant. I'll meet you at the plant. By the time I got dressed, it was 103. I called her back. She said, go on to the plant. I'll meet at the plant. She lives somewhere in Hickory, and I lived in Denton. And she wanted me to meet halfway in Salisbury, North Carolina.
1: How are you getting there? Because driving with a 103, you could be all dizzy and fall off the road. I had a
2: 1971 Volkswagen Beetle. Wow. Okay. My right foot in a cast. I throw the foot over the passenger seat. Hung my IV pole bag from the s- roof because I had a ceiling, um, sunroof in. Yeah. I hung it there. I used my left foot for clutching the brake and I used a walking cane for the gas. <laughs> and I drove myself
1: to work. With 103 fever, probably but feeling like fever. you're going to pass out at any minute.
2: By the time I got to work, it was 105. I went straight to the punch clock. I took and called, punched the clock, went back to the office, called the doctors at the hospital, Ardo Memorial Hospital, or David Community Hospital, David Community Hospital. I called them, and they said, Dr. Pritchard's not there. He's on the way. I says, get him on three-way. They got him on three-way. And I told him what I was doing. I said, I'm coming to the hospital because I got a high fever. By the time I drove... I cannot tell you from the time I pulled out of that parking lot to the time I got to that hospital. I can tell you not what vehicle I passed, what the stoplights, the red lights was, or stop signs, what turns. I cannot tell you nothing. I was already gone.
1: Yeah. I thought you passed out way back when.
2: (laughs) I didn't You kept on driving. I was the one that was guiding that car. And when I got to the hospital, I remember seeing an ambulance coming back in. My doctor come running out of that ambulance, and I handed him the keys to my Volkswagen, and I said, you love my Volkswagen, it's yours. I know I'm dying, thank you for taking care of me. <laughs> By the time he got me in there, my fever was 110.
1: Yeah. What? Are you boiling I, e- uh, frying I'm eggs frying- on your belly, or what?
2: 10 I packed out my doctor's arms I believe it and he told me that I died three times and he brought me back three times in 1994 and for six months of my life I can't tell you where it was in my life not a thing
1: Mm -hmm. this is your this is your brain uh, putting that trauma behind you and and making you forget things but still Uh, 105 is bad you said 110 that's almost unheard of that's that that's alien that's uh something that doesn't happen are you still here i'm so glad you're still here frank klein
2: and this is what people don't realize when i was in that emergency room Mm -hmm. they talking about when you die you see that light that light is beautiful okay it is beautiful and i seen a palm of a hand in that light and I heard my daddy's voice. It's not time yet.
1: Okay. All I can do is believe exactly what you say. Because this is something that you have gone through. So anybody that's skeptical that's listening to this. No, no. You got to listen. Frank Klein has a testimony.
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen. My daughter girlfriend.
1: Yes. <laughs> so 94. And- I mean, you survived. Once again, another, another trauma in your life. You survived. I was. It's And
2: it's all God's grace. Okay. And when daddy said it wasn't for me, when I heard that voice saying it's not time. Yes, I was in that hospital for six months
1: that I don't know of. You were in the hospital the whole time. The whole six months because you were in and out because uh, they in were studying your brain neuro in, what what was the problem
2: in and out from the infection from the infuser port being infected and from the high fever
1: wow okay and,
2: and when dr pritchard told me i'm his first patient with rsd reflex sympathetic dystrophy they know what it causes it but no cure right and he was the one that wanted to amputate my leg and i said no no
1: six months you're out of there now because what now what
2: i come out and i've been on the uphill journey of giving god all the praise and glory because without him i wouldn't be here
1: well okay let's go into that since 95 uh you've got this newfound um faith how do you how do you express your faith uh, do you uh, go to church all the time or, uh, you pray to people, pray uh, all the time? Or what do you, what do you do to express your faith?
2: I pray all the time. If somebody stops me and starts talking about it, I'll talk to them in the grocery store anywhere they want to talk. Well, there you go. That's good. I talk, Cause the Bible says yeah. where there's two, there is I. I
1: I've, I've read that. I think it's Galatians, right? If yes. I'm not mistaken, but yes. uh, no, that's fantastic. It's good to have that faith, whether you believe or not. You know, it helps. It, it helps It helps you.
2: I do have a church I go to. It's First Baptist Church in Walnut Cove. But they're being a little skittish on COVID, so we're we're just doing online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of churches
1: stuff. are doing that. I like yeah. that I, I, you're able to, you know, sit in the comfort of your own home, but still get your, you get the preaching that you need, get yes. that spiritual food, if you will. All right. So your, 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 your body, uh, you're still working to get that thing back, back together, but your, your spirit is, is, uh, is whole.
2: <laughs> My spirit is whole The body is, will wear out eventually. <laughs> But that's when God wants it to wear out, not me. <laughs>
1: All right. So ninety-five. You got faith. Are you working still, or or is this the time to get uh, disability and take take off? I'm working. What's that? No,
2: I'm not working.
1: Done. That, that you know. This is the time. Uh, well, I mean, are, are, how are you uh, uh, spending your time since ninety-five? I guess taking care of your time.
2: Um. On uh, let's see. Before my mom, she got passed away in two thousand one.
1: Oh, two. Okay.
2: Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. Okay, he passed away. Um, in two thousand four, my second husband I was married to, I lost him in two thousand five. What?
1: When did yeah. when did you get married to him?
2: I got married to him uh, nineteen ninety seven.
1: Okay, so just after your ordeal in the hospital with the six months yeah. and the infection. Yeah. You found yeah. him? Well, did you find him at church, or how'd you get together?
2: I was working at a rehabilitation center, rehabbing people to get back to work from disability.
1: Nice, nice and calling. That's
2: where I met him, and
1: was he getting rehabbed, or was he one of the rehabbers?
2: He was getting rehab. Huh. He come in. He come in one day. I heard him before I seen him. Because the building was in Salisbury, North Carolina, and it was an old school building. And the old wooden floors, and I heard his cowboy boots coming down the hallway.
1: <laughs>
2: I fell in love with the sound of the cowboy boots before I seen it I mean, did he have the
1: spurs and all? Clink, clink, clink.
2: He did. He had the whole nine yards.
1: <laughs> so you and, fell in love with the cowboy. I got you. Yeah. All right, yep. Frank Klein. I can get it. I, I get it. The uh, people love cowboys. I, I get it. All right. Well, and then you you had some good times with him. And
2: yes, and then he had a aneurysm hmm. in two thousand and four. His whole main order, artery through the body was an aneurysm, and they had to do a two part surgery to do the aneurysm surgery. Yeah. And when they done the first part of it, it left paralyzed from his waist down, and they cut the nerve to the right lung, and he had breathing problems. So he was in and out of renal heart failure and congestive heart failure for a year and a half before he finally passed away. Wow. And he passed away at home, peaceful, what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted his ex-wife there and the kids he had raised to be his own. And I was woman enough to call her new husband and tell him if they weren't there in 30 minutes, I'd come and get her. Yeah, because this man wanted to make peace before he left this earth, yeah. and I had everybody there before he passed.
1: That's good home. to be surrounded by your loved ones. You yes. you did that for him, Frank. Yes. I that, that that's a beautiful thing. See, this is this is what you probably learned from your mother is is to be faithful till the end, man. Till the end. Till the oh, end. That's beautiful, and I'm, I'm <laughs> glad he had you. I know, even though he got paralyzed, you you had yeah. experienced taking oh, care of ten- people
2: around like a pack of taters to go to the doctors
1: <laughs> yeah. you got it you had experience taking care of paralyzed people and you're a yep. strong person you, you you got so and then you say you're a cna, you, CNA. a
0: certified, a certified CNA. nurse's assistant
1: okay yes uh, what i was an emt uh paramedic what uh, like first aid and things like that
2: i've done the whole nine yards <laughs>
1: but as a cna you, you you learn quite a bit about how to take care of people
2: yes um, I got my CNA license back in 2003.
1: How much schooling does that entail?
2: Uh, six months. Very good. Because I was grandfathered, closed in from working at the nursing home with my dad. Yeah. I had all my paperwork proven that I was already a nursing assistant through Raleigh had all of that paperwork so that grandfather calls me in without a high school education. Very good. And with that we got going pretty cool.
1: So and with the with the CNA you, you, you work in rehab or you did for a while?
2: I worked in the nursing homes. I was a supervisor over a nursing home. Very good. And all. I've I've done a whole lot of that. But I had a wreck in 2009 And Whoops. that wreck took me out of my CNA work Because I can't pick up 20 pounds What happened I got in a
1: 2009? In my- what kind of a wreck? What were you driving? What What happened at Frankline? 2009
2: I was in a 2004 Blue Baja Half car, half truck okay. I was sitting at a stop school bus I was facing the bus and the woman behind me didn't see the stoplight of the bus or my brake lights. And she plowed me. And when she hit me, when I woke up, I was at the back of the bus. And I was laying in my back seat.
1: Okay. I'm glad yeah. you're here, Fran Klein. <laughs> More trauma.
2: Yeah. I've had trauma, so now it's time to live my life.
1: So how much did you have to rehab on that one?
2: I rehabbed about four years to get me back to walking good and get me to where I can move my neck. Cause of putting that
1: titanium plate in my neck. Wow. So, well, that brings yeah. us pretty close to now. If that was two thousand nine, yeah. uh, four years, uh, tw- uh, 12, 13, uh, Here we are. Uh, we're almost here. So in the past, yeah. so uh, the past six years has been a a, a, a run a ride. Uh, what happened? What happened then?
2: The husband I'm married to now stay in the back lines. He don't want nothing to be brought up in the. On his part, <laughs> he wants to stay in the back, like Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn's.
1: <laughs> I got gotcha. you.
2: Stay back, there. In the, and I uh, with him. I was working at the nursing home, taking care of his daddy.
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: He caught me dancing with his dad. Oh. His daddy was in a in a wheelchair, and I had made arrangements with the boss lady over the building, and once a month when the bluegrass people come in, because the, they really love the bluegrass. They who wouldn't? And I'd go in and i dance with the patients. I'd take my 15-minute break and 15-minute break and my lunch break and get it together so I could be in there the whole hour and all and take care of them. And that's how we met.
1: Hey, that, he, you got to love a lady that's dancing with your daddy. You got to. That'll make you fall in love right away. Frank Klein, you know how to hook them. And you didn't yeah. even know you were trying to hook them.
2: <laughs> no, I didn't know I was trying to hook nobody.
1: That's it fantastic. Happened. That's beautiful.
2: It, it was what was so amazing is my patient. She said, "Honey, that man loves you. So you ought to go out with that man." She said, "I know you're grieving over your husband and everything, but you need to let go now. It's time to move on." I said, "I'm not looking for nobody," and it just happened.
1: That's right. That's when you find somebody when you're not looking for nobody.
2: <laughs> I wasn't looking for nobody. but he is jealous.
1: Okay. Probably jealous, yeah. jealous of you and Madonna and Dale.
2: <laughs> uh, he he told me he'd kill me if I if he caught me with another man. Oh, and
1: then and then you found Dale. I who who no, knows? He
2: told me that recently. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> I says that that'd be hard to do.
1: Right. Well, you we're you, having
2: fun. My dreams come true.
1: Yeah. So tell me about those. Tell me about you and, and the adventures. I know that, that most of last podcast you had with Dale was mostly about him. This is mostly about you. But tell me about you know you getting together with Dale and, and your love for, well, you tell it.
2: Dancing. I, I've loved to dance all my life, ever since I was four. And I've been loving dancing for Arnold Nelson, Pop It, Lock It, Madonna, The Remix.
1: The remix. Yeah. On the music
2: video, I'm in the video, and Madonna just released "Rescue Me" fan video by Madonna and Warner Brothers, and the Remix United Productions, and feet for Madonna, and I'm in it. Yes. The yeah. Department.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're there. Yeah. And where? Where does? I I mean, tell back up. Tell tell your love for for Madonna uh, for people that are. Uh, listening to the the audio version, you need to check out the video version. They just uh, popped up popped it up on their phone, and and there she is in Madonna's fan video doing her dancing. So tell Madonna. tell me about your your love for for Madonna and pop culture and 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 the dancing. Tell me where that started.
2: Madonna has been in my blood ever since the seventies. When she come out in the eighties, yeah, I loved her music listening to it when my sister was listening and I I just loved it and I've been watching her music ever since and I I don't play it around my husband I'm married to now because (laughs) he don't like that type of music (laughs) I get it I go to my room but Madonna made me her top fan on her page
1: how nice Congratulations for you Well I mean Where's your Where's your favorite uh, Madonna era You know the Lucky Star The Holiday The uh, True Blue uh, The um, uh, You know uh, I guess uh, Music And uh, uh, The other The um, other when she sang American Pie Where where, where do you fall I mean do you, did you follow along With all of her different little transitions When she changed her style Did you change your style as well
2: I've changed a little bit But most of my style is still original To me Yes, And all so it, it, Like I told Madonna Dell Here If they can't accept what I am For me doing my version They can't accept yep. me at all
1: Oh I appreciate your music videos your your dancing videos are you on uh, I guess you you just got a Twitter and I'll put that in the show notes for sure yep. you welcome to the Twitterverse uh you know I know I can I can retweet you and and uh we can it's a conversation with the whole world really and you yep. can you can tweet at Madonna if you have you can get together with the the, the um the stars the the celebrities that you're interested in and really anybody you know if you wanted to tweet me if i wanted to tweet you if i wanted to tweet dale i can do that it's a it's a it's like an instant messenger for everybody it's kind of cool
2: Well, i'm just learning this yes oh because as i told dale i said i'm a dinosaur i i hadn't had this phone stuff and this computer stuff I don't know how to set stuff up, so he's been helping me set up my
0: stuff.
1: Well, that's great. I mean, I I I, I, th- I know that you're. Let's see, Fran Klein, twenty twenty two. So you're not. You're living in the future already. It, it's yes. not. It's all, It's only twenty twenty one. We're we're just finishing up here. You're already seeing into the future, yes. Fran Klein. All right. So that's your. That's your Twitter, and, th- and then you're on Facebook. How do you want people to get a hold of you and, and find your videos and such?
0: You tell them. We okay. got it all. Let Bill tell you. Okay. Me. You can find Fran Klein in "Pop It Like Madonna" remix by Arnold Nelson. You can find Fran Klein in "Madonna Rescue Me" fan video by Madonna Warning Records and Morning Brothers, and "Remix United Production" feature Madonna. And you can see her dancing with me in my Madonna Girl Dale videos. We're dancing in restaurants. We're dancing in public. We took a dance in Haynes Mall. We shut down Haynes Mall like a virgin. And Dan, I love Fran like a Madonna. And I am proud of her for opening up. And I give her all the credit. She's doing what she loves. And nobody's going to stop her.
1: I mean, in the middle of this video, you dressed her up like Madonna.
0: Yes, Borderline. Oh, my God. Guess what, Dan, Big Daddy? Tell me. Uh, We're going to be doing a big dance number two, Madonna song, Borderline. I got the outfit. She got the outfit. I'm going to wear the hat like Madonna. And it's going to be my, guess who tweeted my tour on Twitter? Who? Cheryl Underwood tweeted my tour because Paul That loved it on Facebook and Instagram. And Cheryl Underwood tweeted on her Twitter about me doing Madonna, Debbie Gibson, Paul That And we're going to do a variety of music, but we're going to do, we got outfits that is going to be similar as Madonna, and we're going to have, what kind of animals we're going to have in our tour. I'm waiting for
2: my goat to have her goat so I can train a baby goat. A goat?
1: A goat. So tell me (laughs) what got you into goats? You were a tobacco farmer way back when, and a cotton farmer (laughs) way back when. When did the goats come in?
2: They come in in the last uh, interview. The, from the last
1: interview. Okay. All right. <laughs> and that was only a couple of months ago. Not even.
2: <laughs> no, my, my husband and I, we, we got a small farm uh-huh. and everything. And on the farm, we got chickens. We, we got our own eggs, and we give our eggs away to the church people. We give to the mission, so the mission. To give the people in need, we raise our own honeybees, so I pull honey off twice a year and give to cancer patients. And he wanted goats, so he started goats, and now we got five goats.
1: That's how you give back to the community. You can use that goat milk, and if the goats, uh, you know, hey, if you got to slaughter a goat and you got to eat a goat, eat a goat goat it's good barbecue okay all right well there might be it a future
2: barbecue
1: and then the goat milk i know i've drank goat milk before so uh goat
2: cheese goat oh goat cheese. cheese is good it's
1: awesome all right so that's that's where frank klein is and is going is uh your love for dancing your love for madonna your love for goats uh you're you're a north carolina girl through and through but it went through. Never have you have you ever traveled around? Have you been out of that well, state? Dan,
0: Baltimore is next, and I don't think Baltimore is going to be ready for Madonna, Madonna Girl Dale, and Madonna Girlfriend because Baltimore they do living, living in nineteen twenties. We're going to wake them up like we're waking up the Bible Belt.
1: But you got Madonna going over there too, don't you?
0: Yes, honey. Hey, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right.
0: Oh my, we're having so much fun, and um, I was like. When Fran Jean got a notification from Facebook, she said, "Dale Madonna just made me her top fan." I said, "You go, girl!" And she has a lot of Madonna stuff on her page on Facebook. All the big wheels.
1: Well, I and, see. I see you're starting to get followers on on your Twitter already. It's yeah. a brand new Twitter, and people are already following. They got to find out what Frank Klein's all about. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you're living your life. You're you're it's, breaking out. You're becoming who Fran Klein was supposed to be all along, all the, all the experiences that you've had. And now you're, you're able to uh, enjoy. And that's fantastic. I'm
2: (laughs) going to enjoy.
1: Any other avenues you want to explore? Any other people you need to thank as we break this thing down?
2: I thank Madonna Girl Dale here, and I thank Madonna. I thank Warner Brothers. I thank the Universal Productions and, and Arnold Nelson. And I just want to thank God first of all, because without him, I couldn't be here. And that's why I'm enjoying my life now is because God's letting me do it.
1: Yeah. You've come through uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's times uh, you could have died. You and, and from what you said, from what your doctor said, you did die. <laughs> i did it's in black and white you were on the brink i'm glad you're here fran klein the world is better because you're in it and I, i'm sure your husband uh behind that door back there is uh is glad that you're here as well
0: <laughs> here he is. For, uh, here she is here here's her tiktok is madonna girlfriend I, I is
1: here. we're gonna get jinxed, man turn that down turn that down <laughs> Oh, she's cool. She's cool. We're going to get dinked on the copyright. We've g- we got to turn that down. <laughs> I'm turn not, that down. Um, uh, but I I saw her dancing. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you have a, a TikTok. Where, where where can people find you, Fran?
0: Um, they all said it all up. Okay. Yeah. Her TikTok is MadonnaGirlFran. Okay. Her Facebook is MadonnaGirlFran. And her Facebook has Madonna Girlfriend Fran Klein. Her Twitter is... Make it online followers. Her Twitter is Fran Klein twenty twenty two. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. All right, well let's uh let's close this thing down, man. I I think we've got a quite a bit of your of your story, Fran Klein. I I didn't know there was going to be so many. uh, There's, it's quite a life you you're living, and it's not over yet. You still got plenty plenty left to give, and what you're doing is you're actually giving you know with the with the chickens with the eggs with the with the goat milk you're giving back to the community you're a yeah. fine upstanding citizen and and all through it you're having fun too that's great yes. <laughs> all right well let's uh let's close yes. this what's that
0: when Madonna shared my picture i told her oh my god friend loved it because there was a day that i that I got the car inspected, and Madonna shared a picture and friend loved it. Yes, I did.
1: Well, I'm sure we'll chat again as time progresses yeah. uh, when you go to finally see your, your hero, Madonna. And, uh, yeah. you know, you'll have yeah. to come back and tell me yeah. about that as well. But uh, yes. for now, let's close this thing up. Fran Klein, always Thanks. close this up with uh, last words for the people. Uh, it could be words to live by, something you heard a long time ago, or you know, a, a mantra you wake up with, or whatever, whatever pops into your head at this moment, moment in time. Fran Klein, last words for the people. To
2: all the people, anywhere, it don't matter. Follow your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. It might take time But it's God's timing And when God's ready for it He lets him doors open And it's a blessing Have a blessed day And everybody dream about angels
1: Well there you have it party people Fran Klein That lady has been through some stuff I think think she deserves to have some fun now She's been through some heartache. Fran Klein, you've been through some heartache, girl. I'm glad. I'm glad that you're having a good time now. Uh, you know, you deserve to spend the rest of your time just dancing, having fun, listen to music, listen to the people that you want to listen to and, and associate with people that make you happy because you deserve it. You deserve it all, my friend. Thank you so much for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. I know this is the second time we we chit-chat. And, uh, I'm glad that you you uh told quite a bit of your story man it's it's neat to learn where people came from and uh and find out why they are the people that they are and and i'm glad you're here i'm glad you're here though the earth is better the world is better because there's a Fran Klein in it and uh thank you so much once again for being on the what makes you famous podcast i'm glad to know you i'm i'm happy to follow you you're a good follow and uh Make sure, my loyal listener, that you check out the links in the show notes below and find out how you can get a hold of Fran Klein and see her dancing around to her various Madonna and other songs. (laughs) All right. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Thanks again, Fran Klein. Now, if you, and I'm turning my attention to you, my loyal listener. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at AOL.com. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. It's keysdanradiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Be on Radio What's. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name. Where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous, and follow on YouTube at KeysDan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast to review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story. On my podcast, What Makes You Famous, call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What, the music you want with another great quote. It's better to be hated for what you are than to be loved for what you're not. Andre Geed, Autumn Leaves. The music you want is on RadioWhat.com.